You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We're in our week number five. Everybody say week five. Week five of our Galatians series, our journey through Galatians. I'm gonna read from the Word of God. Anybody excited for the Word of God this morning? 9.30, you're the holy crowd. That should be a yes. Word of God, 9.30. I came to church early for this. All right, Galatians 4, 8 to 20 says this. Formerly, when you did not know God, in other words, you were unknown. Everybody say unknown. You were slaves to those who by nature are not gods, but now that you know God or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? This is Apostle Paul right, and it's about to get spicy. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Wow. That is harsh. Pastor Lee, you're meant to encourage me at church today. It's going to get better, I promise. Verse 12, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, humble brag from Paul, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? A couple more verses almost there. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. Let's pray together right across this place. Father God, we thank you for your word. And God, we're not here for a TED talk. We're not here for some news, but God, we're here for good news, the best news. Lord, by your Holy Spirit today, we give you access and permission to our hearts. God, come and do heart surgery in this place today. Come and build up the brokenhearted. Give us faith, strength, and hope. God, we don't ask you to come because you're already here. And Lord, as you're in this place, speak to us, guide us, lead us into the best season of our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody with faith said, amen. And give it up for Pastor Josh on keys. You can jump off now, brother. You've done well today. The title of today's message is, get this, knowing me, knowing you. Knowing me, knowing you, ah, there is nothing we can't do, knowing me, knowing you. I've been practicing all week for that moment. I don't know much ABBA, but this is today's message, and there's a song, and I got it. I kept saying that. I kept getting the tempo wrong. I got the words wrong. Man, that's a preach done for today, pretty much. I nailed it. 
Have a great week. If you don't know Jesus, respond. I'll, I'll catch you soon. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I wonder if you ever had a time in your life where you felt like that you've been unknown. A time where you felt that you weren't really known by anybody. For me, when I think about being unknown, I think back to growing up in high school in Northern Ireland. Now, in high school, things were a little different to the grammar schools of the day. In high school, we tended to mess about a lot more. You know, we were the kids with the ties, like I was saying last week, way down the shirt. Shirts were untucked. We barely wore any clothes to school. The fact that we wore a blazer and trousers was a win already. We were just the rebels. You know, we didn't care so much about education. Well, some of us did. As I worked really hard in high school, and in sixth year, I got into grammar school. Woohoo! Come on, that deserves a clap. Miracle right there. But I remember having worked really hard in high school, I had come into the grammar school as the new kid. You know the new kid that everybody at first glance thinks is really cool? There's like that element of mystery about the new kid. Nobody really knows what they're into, what they're about. They just don't know anything, but everybody wants to get to know them. So in the first couple of weeks when I moved to grammar school, culture was very different to the high school, as you can imagine. In high school, we messed about but in grammar school, everybody was here to get good grades and work hard. So it was a little bit of a culture shift for me coming from the high school and into the grammar school. But I remember one day in the common room in sixth year, a food fight broke out in the grammar school. Everybody say, whoa. Man, it's going down right now. A food fight has broken out. But if I'm honest, the food fight was pretty lame by our high school standards. There's a couple of pencils threw across the room. There was a banana that went across. People were laughing, you know. And suddenly, I am like a possessed man. My high school nature comes upon me. Nobody has a clue about me. It's my first week trying to make great impressions. I find myself picking up this orange from the desk on one end of the room and full pelt throwing it across the room. And it's like time stood still as the orange flew through space, dodging a couple of heads as it went, and it splatted on the window on the other end of the room, a packed common room with a hundred sixth years, it went silent. Everybody looked at me, the new kid, and suddenly everybody in a moment knew who I was, knew what I was about, knew I was a little bit of a rebel. I was unknown, but now I was known. Another time, I think back to when I was in Northern Ireland and visiting my granny. My granny always gets my name wrong. Now, when I say she gets my name wrong, she gets it terribly wrong. And it makes me sometimes feel a little bit unknown. She'll go through the list of all of my family and siblings and pets' names till she lands at my name. She'll be talking to me, she'll be like, that's no problem, Donna, Karen, Tyler, Stevie, Nanook, Mercy, Gracie, Lee. I'm like, my name's Lee, I'm right here. How hard is it to get that right? Moments where you feel like you're unknown. Maybe for you it's been that time where you've started the new job. You've come into a new environment and suddenly nobody knows anything about you and you're feeling unknown. Maybe it's like me when you've gone to a new school. You've come into a new place and a new environment and suddenly everybody looks at you and you're unknown. Maybe it's that time you came to Audacious Church for the first time. 
nobody really knows much about you, you find yourself being unknown. And I reckon all of us have had times where we've been there and have felt like we were unknown. And the Apostle Paul here in the first verse is writing to the Galatians. He says this, formerly when you did not know God. In other words, you are unknown. And when they were unknown, they were unknown slaves to non-gods. They didn't know God or live for God. But then the Galatians have a God encounter, a moment with Jesus where everything changes and suddenly they realize that they are known by God and they know God. But the Galatians here find themselves a foot in both camps in two different worlds. In one sense, being unknown slaves to non-gods, but then in another sense, trying to live known by God and living known for God. They're in two worlds. And Paul is writing to them to get out of the trap of living between two worlds and choose to be known by God and know God. And I want to suggest for us today, church, in the next 13 minutes, that we have to come out together from this place of living between two worlds, of serving unknown gods, being slaves to unknown non-gods, and choosing to be known by God and living known for God. The first point Paul makes is this. You are unknown. That's encouraging for Sunday, isn't it? You are unknown. The Bible says this in Galatians 4, 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. And what culture wants to do is this audacious church, is culture wants to make capital G gods out of small g gods. Culture wants to make the pursuit of career God. And so our whole lives become fixated on career. Culture wants to make a capital G God out of money. And so our whole lives are focused on acquisition and acquiring and gaining. Culture wants to make a capital G God out of qualifications. And so our whole lives are fixed on climbing the corporate ladder, trying to tick the right boxes to do enough to get the credential. And these things aren't bad in their nature, but if they today become your subscription, you can find yourself being an unknown slave to a non-God when career becomes God. But then COVID hits, but then redundancy hits. Suddenly our whole identity is a slave to the position in our career because career was God. Danger is that when money becomes God, but it's here today and it's gone tomorrow, our whole lives become a slave to what the bank balance tells us. And when our qualifications, the striving for becomes God, we are constantly slaves to the feeling of never being good enough. When we allow culture to make big G gods out of small G gods in our lives, we by default become unknown slaves to non-gods. Paul is writing here to the Galatians, why are you striving so much to please the non-gods? Why are you striving so much to please and live for culture? Why are you going that direction when the small g gods don't know your name, they don't care about you, money doesn't know your name, career doesn't care about you, qualifications doesn't give you peace, but the good news today, Audacious Church, is you were destined to place God at the center of your life 
Don't choose to serve the non-gods like the Galatians. You were created to be known. And the Galatians are choosing to be unknown in the eyes of the non-gods. You were designed to be free, but you have made yourselves slaves to the culture of the way things are. As Paul writes Galatians, and as God speaks to us today, the good news is, church, we have two options. The first one is, you can be a slave and be unknown by a non-God, or you can be free and know God. The second point Paul makes is this, is you are known. You are known. Galatians 4.9, but now that you know God, or rather are known by God. Audacious Church today, you are known by God. God knows your name. He knows your concerns. He knows your worries. He knows your bank balance. He knows your tomorrow, your future. He knows your past. God knows you. If nobody else knows your name in the world, good news today, God knows you. I don't know if that excites anybody that the God of heaven that orchestrated the universe, spoke it into existence, cares about your life and knows your name. And there's two things today that God knows. God knows what you can't do. God knows what you can't do. Philippians 4.13 says this. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Theology check. So often we take that verse out of context and apply it to everything. In fact, what we can do are the things that God has anointed us and set us apart for. I can't do everything. I wasn't designed to do everything, but God can do all things through Christ in me who gives me strength to those things he has called me to, graced me to, empowered me to. So God knows what you can't do. And the greatest question we can ask ourselves today is what was I purposed on earth to do? What was I created in God's eyes to do? Because it's those things that you can do. You can do those things through Christ who gives you strength. And the second thing God knows is God knows what you think you can't do, but you can. God knows what you think you can't do, but you can. Do you remember Moses when he met God in the burning bush? Do you remember that moment Moses came to God in the burning bush and brought excuses to God, coming to God, thinking he couldn't do it, but Moses could. Moses thought he couldn't, but God knew that he could. And I reckon all of us, we all have these moments in our life where we bring excuses to God, don't we? Where we try and tell God what we can't do, even though he's told us to do it. Anybody been there? Hello, just me. Bringing excuses to God. And Moses brings five excuses to God. The first excuse is, I'm scared. Well, I've been there. Have you been there? I'm scared. Says this, Exodus 3.11. Moses says to God, who am I? Who am I, God, to go and do what you're asking me to do? And God replies in verse 12, I'll be there with you. You might be scared, but God is there with you. The second excuse, Moses says, is I'll get opposition. Verse 13, what if they don't believe? God replies, I am. 
In other words, it's not about them. It's not about you, Moses. It's about me. Regardless of the opposition you're going to face, I can do it through you, Moses. Excuse number three, people are the problem. Say to the team all the time, church would be easy if we didn't work with people. People are beautiful, awesome, incredible. But as we all know in family, friendships, work life, people are difficult. It's just three people are the problem. Moses says, but they. He's about to give a whole list of why the people are the problem. And God speaks in and says, in verse two to five, God says, I'm bigger. In other words, no one can stand against God's purposes and plans. Excuse number four, Moses says, I'm not good enough. Verse, chapter four, verse 10, Moses says, I can't speak. Moses had a stutter. Moses wasn't an eloquent speaker. He had all the reasons on why he wasn't good enough to stand before a court with Pharaoh, but God speaks to Moses and replies, I'll help you. You might feel like today that you can't do what God has called you to do. You're not good enough. But God is with you, Audacious Church. God will help you. God will strengthen you. God will equip you. God will give you grace and will meet you on the other side. The last excuse is avoidance. Moses says, send someone else. Have you ever been there? I don't want to do it. Send someone else, God. God replies, he's getting pretty frustrated at this point with his anger burning against Moses. He's annoyed because Moses is the someone. Let me tell you today, you might be avoiding what God has called you to do, but you are the someone. You are the somebody. There's nobody else God is looking to. There's no plan before your life. You are the someone. The third point Paul makes is this. My knowing God changes. Is my knowing God changes. Galatians 4, 17. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good and to be so always, not just when I am with you. And I think all too often, church, the way we know God changes by the situations of life, changes by our emotions, changes by whatever way the wind blows. Now, when I think back 18 months ago to when Lysandra and I were honeymooning in Vancouver, oh my gosh, let's not think about that for too long or we'll get upset. We were in Vancouver and we decided we'd go and find this island called Granville Island, didn't we? Do you remember? Granville Island. And we set off thinking it would be a quick walk to Granville Island. But we're in Vancouver, not Chester. Not everything is around the corner from each other. And we set off, I've got no backpack, I'm wearing dark clothes, black jeans, black top, we've no water, and it is 30 degrees outside. It is hot. I mean, it is boiling hot. And we start walking around Vancouver, trying to find Granville Island, and church, six miles later, in 30 degree heat, we are lost in Stanley Park, have no idea where Granville Island is, and my mood has flipped and changed to say the least. I've gone from happy, excited, ready to go, excited to adventure, to I hate my life! 30 degrees! Wearing all black, no water. My mood has totally flipped and changed. And we are pacing around like the Israelites lost in the desert, 
trying to find Granville Island. But the moment we seen Granville Island in the distance, it was like the promised land had emerged. And my whole demeanor, attitude changed. And I was the happiest guy in the world. I was loving my life. Church, so often, the way we know God can be determined by how we are tossed and turned by the storms and the waves of life. And when we aren't anchored in the knowledge of who God is, we are easily swayed by whatever way the wind is blowing. When my knowing God is based in my emotions, it'll change from day to day. One day I'll be on fire for God, ready to change the world, but then the next day my emotions will lie to me, tell me that I'm not good enough, not equipped, I can't do it, and suddenly I'll be heading in the wrong direction, not where God intended me to go. And when knowing God is based in my relationships, it will change with who I'm around. On Sunday I'll know God, I'll praise Him, I'll get excited about the things of God. But when knowing God's based in relationships, when I go back to those workmates on the Monday morning, I'll just blend into the crowd and act like everybody else. And the Galatians are being swayed. And today, church, I want to encourage you, don't let the situations of life dictate to you how you know God. The last thing Paul says is this. Last point, knowing God knowing me never changes. God knowing me never changes. Hebrews 13, 5 and verse 8 says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. God's ability to know us doesn't change. God's not on a day off today. His phone's not on, do not disturb. God's not on annual leave. God knows us, is thinking about us today. God knows us and he knows everything that you have done. Bible says this in Isaiah, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, get this, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And by accepting Jesus, whether it was at one point in your life or you do it today, knowing God and having a relationship with God will never change. No matter what you've done today, it's forgiven at the cross. God's seen the debt that your sin owed and has wiped the slate clean. That will never change. Your identity as a son and daughter of God, that will never change. God knows the beginning of your life and the end of your life and everything in between. Every mountain, every valley, every high moment, all the pain, all the celebration and God knowing you will never change. And this is the good bit. Since God knows you, he hears your prayer. He knows your need. He is working miracles through your life. He is holding your world together. You might feel that the world is falling apart, but God is holding you together. Does that get you excited, Audacious Church? And there's a God in heaven holding your world together, knows your name, knows your future, knows your purpose. And if God knows you, hey, He's not forgotten you. 
You're not forgotten in this season. You're not unknown in this season. Even though we find ourselves in this tension moment where culture tells us to be unknown slaves to non-gods, the Bible tells us to live known, knowing God. God knows you today. Knowing me, knowing you, there is nothing we can't do. God's got it. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're up against, however good life is, God knows your name. You're known by God. And choose today, Audacious Church, to live knowing God. Knowing me, knowing you. Right across this place, with every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna create a moment right now for you to accept Jesus as the Lord of your life and to enter relationship with God. You don't have it all worked out, you don't have all the answers, but good news today, you don't need to. You just have to open up the door of your heart and let Jesus come in and bring you into relationship with God. Life in all of its fullest. Today you might be coming back into right relationship with God. In other words, you at one point turned your back on God and went your own way. Well, good news today, Jesus has never turned his back on you and is standing at the door of your heart, knocking and asking to come in. And what we're gonna do right now is I'm gonna count to three. And on three, if you're saying, I wanna connect my life with the God of heaven. I wanna find out what it is to be a Christian, to find life in God. Then when I get to three, raise your hand up in the air. There's no one looking around, it's just me and the team so we know who we're praying for. On the count of three, you're saying today, I don't have it worked out, but I know I need to give my life to the God of heaven. One, you're saying today, I wanna follow Jesus. Two, I don't have it all worked out, but I know my heart's beating. I need to get right with God. Then on through right now across this place, lift your hands to heaven. You're saying today, I'm giving my life to God. I see that hand in the middle. Thank you, you can put it down. Looking right across this place, anyone else saying today, I know I need to get my life right. I need to get it back on track with God. Looking around the room, my left, your right. You're saying today, I wanna follow Jesus, your left, my right. You're saying today, this is my day. I know I need to get right with God. Lastly, in the middle, I wanna follow Jesus. Church, repeat this prayer after me. Father God, oh, come on church, we're praying this all together for that one incredible person who's given their life to Jesus today. Father God, today I choose to give my life to you. Thank you that you died for me, but that you rose again. Today I stand forgiven and I choose to live my life in relationship with you. Today I'm a Christian. Show me my purpose. Show me what I'm called to do for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said amen. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.
We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 